Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Breakcast, the official podcast of thepopbreak.com. And we are just about 30 minutes after the 90th Academy Awards. And it, it is our second annual post Oscar podcast. Uh, my name is Bill Bodkin. If I didn't mention that already, I'm the editor in chief and co founder of the site. And I am joined, as always, when talking about the Oscars by our illustrious film editor, Dan Cohen. But Dan, I cannot call you our Oscar guru tonight. No, that title goes to staff writer Chris Diggins, who won our first annual Oscar pool. Uh, via tiebreaker with senior writer Marissa Carpico. Uh, Chris, welcome to the breakcast. You, my friend, are wearing the crown for the next 365 days. Well done. We are the champions, my friends. But by we, I mean me, because I'm the winner and you're not. Oh, yes. Chris Diggins, I also have to give him a huge shout-out. He was the... uh, instigator and originator of our first pool he i think on thursday was like hey guys let's do a pool and we're like okay so uh yep we had about 10 or so staff members in there it was a uh, it was a dog fight of a of a pool dan you 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 fared fairly well i i came i came out of the gate hot but ooh, not a good ending though those uh those uh documentaries and short films did you dirty my friend well, I, got, uh, I got documentary I, feature right but uh, yeah, you know, I feel like the shorts shouldn't even count if we're being honest. Oh, but that's part Who's of the fun. That's them, part of the fun of the that, Oscar pool. The, 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 I mean, the, the should, wild cards. It's, no, you, was, I, I, I do think they should count. It's just I got two of them wrong. So I'm I, being I a little say, salty. Versa uh, Carpico did get heaven is a traffic jam on the 405 was the only person to pick that one. Um no, well, unfortunately, you know, well, unfortunately, slash fortunately, uh, we did not have a envelope malfunction. Nope. Uh, we're a lot left breathless after watching Warren Beatty just kind of stumble through things and people uh, be really confused about stuff. Uh, but by the way, I love that they had. I love that they had like that special envelope just sitting on the table, like not being, not getting disturbed when the, right before they went to commercial break. That was kind of funny. Just know, just to make sure to let everyone know, we are not going to have a mix-up this year. It had its own little special place, its own little table. That was funny. Yeah, I, I, I said after that happened last year that the number one thing I was most dreading was the jokes about it at next Oscars. And I gotta I know say, what I they... dreaded about this show every time they pretty much told a joke. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I but think it, like. It's... Who knew Jodie Foster and J-Law would have the best comedic chemistry? So is is Jodie Foster really short or is J-Law really tall? Because that, that was bugging me. Yes, either Jodie Foster is um, this was actually the lead character in Willow or Jennifer Lawrence is Andre the Giant. <laughs> There's no in between. It's one of those two. Who knew we needed a reunion of the director and star of The Beaver to bring our highlight, comedic highlight, uh, for for the night. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about the show <laughs> all together, guys. Uh, for everyone who's listening to the podcast, yes, Dan is okay. Uh, the Patriots lost the Super Bowl. Christopher Nolan did not win. For can, best can I just say too? So when Emma Stone read that envelope, she did it so quickly. Like there wasn't even like a pause for me. There wasn't even a second of reflection of like because I knew it was a long shot, but I really wanted it to happen. And she read Guillermo del Toro's name so quickly. Like it just 
like a band-aid. That was that was a gut punch. Um I yeah, so let's talk about the show cuz I feel like that's one of my complaints about this show Ooh. in general that the 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 winners were was just like we had these long like buildups of terrible jokes and then just like oh yeah, here's the winner. And it was like, oh shit, we just had a winner announced. Um I felt overall as a production this show was very unsure of itself. Uh, they didn't know if they wanted to be funny, so they went for a lot of safe stuff. Uh, how'd you guys feel about this show in general? I completely agree. Like, actually, with you, and especially with the major awards. Like, I mean, I, I joked about it, but they really—it really did feel like they were reading the envelopes really quickly for the major awards. Like Gary Ullman, like that was like very quick. Um, and I do agree. It seemed like it was a little less time on the acceptance speeches as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought, like, the jokes and, you know, Kimmel, like, they were fine. Like, I, I chuckled a few times. Um, I thought the bit where they went to the, uh, to the Chinese theater, like, that was okay, but went a little long. Like, you know, that's something I don't think, you know, you needed to do. Kind of cool for those people, but, like, you could have saved more time that way. But, um, yeah, I, I would generally agree with that. A uh, l- little bit of a mixed bag on the production. Uh, Lord, Lord Diggins, or King Diggins, I don't know how I should refer to you. Sir Lord Diggins. Lord. Call me, call me Lord Diggins, Emperor of the Oscars, the uh, Grand Prognosticator of the Popbreak dot com. Uh, done, done. Your staff King Diggins was my father. Um, I will. I, I have will to say though, now, now Chris, now Chris obviously did an amazing job here. He wanted. Now uh, he had a he had a chance to close out and sweep the eight major awards. Uh, he went for the Willem Dafoe call, which was ambitious. I got to respect him for that, but uh, it was definitely one hell of a run. So listen, this is this is my secret for avoiding the heartbreak that Dan went through when it comes to the Oscars. Is for everything but one category, I cut out my heart entirely. I pick what I think is going to win. It's not about I don't let my feelings get into it at all. It's just pure what are the odds here? And then I pick one category, just one, where I'm like, "All right, this is where I will allow myself to hope." This is where I will think that that talent will shine through. And for this year, it was Best Supporting Actor. I picked Willem Dafoe. I was wrong. It happens. I still won. I'm still the greatest. What else do I need to say? Well, we'll we'll get into uh, what the heart and the head are saying. And also, that's Mm, kind of an okay indie rock band, too. Um, One of the things that they definitely... um, they definitely made of importance to was inclusion. And it was a lot about, uh, time time's up me too. And I thought for me, I don't know about you guys, the highlight of the show outside of the awards itself, obviously we're a bunch of Oscar nerds. We love seeing who wins was the, was the montage of, um, I guess the best way to sum it up is make your own movie. Um, I thought that was the highlight of the show of any production number of any montages. There's a lot of great montages in there. Um, but I thought that was Dan, we've talked about this before the, what's the talking point of the Oscars coming out of it. And to me, that was it. Uh, that is, uh, to me, an utter highlight. It was an amazingly produced montage. It's, it was very powerful. And I think it was just a really cool moment without having to be, it wasn't being preachy. didn't feel forced. It felt very natural. And I thought it was a super cool moment. What, uh, what for you guys was out of the non-awards was the highlight of the show well i i definitely agree with that and i you said it best the word powerful um that's definitely and i loved you know when definitely when they were doing that montage i really did love all the quotes a lot um especially 
I thought that uh, the name is slipping me right now, but one of the writers on the Big Sick, you know, I thought he was kind of one of the highlights on that montage. That was a really, it was a really great uh, series of clips. Also, just if we're to, if we're sticking with montages too, um, I really like that epic one that they did. It was kind of early in the show of just kind of going down the history of a lot of the movies. You know, ninety years of the Academy Awards. That was that, that was, was really a awesome. really really epic montage. Chris? Yeah. Um, uh, one point of order. Kumail Nanjiani is the name of the writer. Ah, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Um, just to oh, give I, him his I proper thought you said the big. I thought you said the big short. That's why I got Oh, confused. did I did like, I say the big? If I said the big <laughs> short, no, then said, that was, that the was big sick. Okay, yes. Yeah, apologize for forgetting his name. But yeah, he was that, – that was, that was very good. A friend of the pop break, Kumail Nanjiani. That's well, true. He, we interviewed him. We did, he's not our friend. I mean, we'd like him to uh, I think we could. This is our podcast. We could say what we want. We're close personal friends with Kumail Nanjiani. We talk every day. Um, so for me, I I agree with what you're saying about the montage and like all the like uh, themes for diversity. But I also have somewhat complicated feelings because obviously I, I agree with everything they were saying. Pretty much, you know. It's and I am genuinely heartened to see all these great movies being put out by, you know, women, by people of color, all this. And it's, and like to see them get rewarded, like Jordan Peele winning, uh, best screenplay was like, that was, I may have lied a little bit earlier. I may have let my heart guide me a little bit in that pick too, but my heart won out that time. And I was great to see him winning that one. At the same time, there's a kind of scrubbed corporate nature to the way that they talk about these things and about oh, diversity yeah. Yeah, in a way yeah. that makes me a little uncomfortable. Uh, and cause I mean, we're talking about an awards show that is like talking up times up, having this big montage and everything. And then also gives an award to Gary Oldman and lets Ryan Seacrest do a big red carpet thing. And it's like, uh, I like that you're giving this space, but how committed are you to it? Really? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good point, and uh, there was plenty of uh, plenty of that popped up throughout the night. Uh, yeah, especially when Kobe Bryant won too. That was a big point. Yeah, and one. Kobe Bryant. Yes, absolutely. Uh, which is weird. I did not know. I just kind of saw a lot of people pick that. That's why I picked your basketball. And I was like, and the Oscar goes to Kobe Bryant. I, I like, had oh. I had no idea that he like was that. actually someone who was going to win an Like I knew that he was heavily involved in that project, but I had no idea that he would actually win an Oscar um, for his role in that film. Well, why don't we, you know, and I guess if we want to quickly put out some low points of the Oscars, I got to say the performance that really kind of just oof, uh, for me was uh when they perform coco when uh gail garcia bernal mm-hmm. uh performed that was, that was really? a bit rough i thought that was pretty rank well hmm. uh, i mean i don't uh, know I, I thought I, it was okay i mean i think i will say though out of all the best song performances i i think i would agree with you though bill that that might have been the weaker ones but it's more so just because i thought the other ones were so great and i have to say you know i i tweeted about this but when so this is me okay that performance was incredible right um but usually i mean you guys can correct me if i'm wrong maybe i'm misremembering this but i always feel like when they do best song after the last performance they always read the winner right after that and i did think it was a little odd that they cut right to break afterwards and maybe it's because they knew it'd be a little weird like hey they just gave this like rockin performance 
uh, but they actually didn't win. So let's let's kind of go to a break. Let's do best score, and then we'll come back to best song. That was a hint to me that Coco was going to pull it off. Uh, I, Lord, I, Lord. I do not recall um, what it was like in the past, so you could be right. I I really don't know. I, Although I um, don't th- I don't think they they read it after Three Six Mafia won. And I'm not joking. Oh, maybe. I mean, I'm, I definitely could be inventing this in my head, but I did feel like, like, just for me, like, if, if that was the one that won the song, like, you would think, like, just great momentum right off of that, and then you announce them as the winners. But, I mean, that category, as we talked about in our podcast, I mean, that was the, that, that was a close race. So, yeah. Uh, no, Dan and I both got uh, best song wrong. Uh, best original song. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, that you was... can't. I mean, that was, that, that was a tough yeah. one. Yeah, that was a tough yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, uh, thankfully, that was one where I didn't let my heart guide me. I Remember Me was, in fact, my favorite song of those. It's, it's used part of exceptionally why... well in the film. I, I feel like that's oh, a big absolutely. reason why it won. Yeah, no, it's it works, like, it, in the best scenarios, and I think... I think as longtime Oscar watchers, we can admit that uh, it's not always or even often the case that what best exemplifies the exemplifies the category is actually what wins. But best original song should really be something that is like built into the structure of the film in a way that is important to the way the movie functions and not just yeah. is a cool song that is in that movie. And I think by those standards, like it had to be remembered. completely agree. And that's why I would have given Dunkirk for best score. Like that's why, but look again, I no problem with shape of water winning. I mean, we talked about that category st- that was stacked as hell. A lot of great names there. I, I had a, f- I was, uh, I, I mean, I picked shape of water, but I had a little bit of a feeling that Johnny Greenwood might pull it off. But again, just kind of going back to what you said about song. Like, I just feel like Dunkirk exhibits the mood of that movie so well better than the other scores um but you know like i said i mean day platt i mean that that was a very that was a very good score so it's tough tough to fault him there i mean i don't think you could have gone wrong in that category and what did he score he, he that's his second one right yeah he won for he won for uh grand uh he won for grand budapest hotel which um, was a fantastic score. But, but let's, uh, you know, I, I gotta say, we gotta, we gotta get in. Let, let's dive into what won best picture here: "Shape of Water," which uh, Chris, which Lord Diggins picked correctly. Yes. Yes. Um. Oh yeah. And by the way, going back to our Oscar podcast, Bill, a uh, quote from Dan Cohen: "Really think there's a good chance a uh, Shape of Water could fall flat on its face." Yeah, that didn't happen. Um. And look, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just, I, I'll just say this: like. <sighs> They picked a good movie. They didn't pick a great movie, and that's just my opinion. Bill, I know you like The Shape of Water a lot, but I just, if you look at the two other front runners, which were Three Billboards and Get Out, um, I think those were better options, but look, Shape of Water, perfectly good movie. I mean, there's a reason why it got so many nominations. Um, I gotta say, though, like, when I, I was kind of, even though there really weren't any upsets here tonight, um, and this is something I tweeted about, like I never felt like that before best picture was getting called because there, I really didn't know what was going to happen. Like there was real tension in the air. And right before he read the envelope, I was feeling get out a little bit, but clearly that wasn't the case. Uh, Chris, now you picked shape of water, but you were talking before about the head and the heart. So what we, so you chose shape of water. Was that the, was that what you wanted to win? Was that in your heart or was there another movie you wanted to win? best picture so in the perfect world where everything i think is the most deserving wins yes now let me let me build some suspense here by saying 
Originally, the first time I saw Shape of Water, I, I would say I agreed with Dan. I thought it was a good movie, but I wasn't blown away. But I actually saw it again with us uh, just a couple of weeks ago, in fact, with some friends who hadn't seen it. And something about the second viewing, uh, maybe because, you know, uh, in second viewings, you can kind of like let all the details soak in a little bit more. Sure. Something about it really struck me that time. Um, I was much more taken in by kind of like Guillermo del Toro's like visual uh, design for that movie because it's just so many amazing details in just the way that movie looks and the way it oh yeah flows and i don't know maybe something about that like really hit me that time because by the end of it i found i was liking that movie way more than i did the first time um that being said in the perfect world uh get out would have won for me that mm-hmm. was hands down the best movie i saw in 2017 um just it was to me it was absolutely incredible how jordan peele managed to make this horror comedy that also spoke directly to the heart of like so much of what's going on in the world right now in a way that lots of other big and you know like more big important dramatic movies just don't manage to get that perfectly mm-hmm. uh so uh, get out was was my favorite movie of the year um, i i would have been if Jordan Peele had not won Best Screenplay, I would have come out of this feeling a little, a little down. Like, oh yeah, man, if Get Out, won. if Get Out walked away with nothing, I, I think there would have been a lot of upset people. <laughs> yeah, but I think because but, Jordan Peele, you know, took the win for screenplay, I think everyone's like, hey, we're we're cool. Like, Get Out was honored, and it was honored in a great way. And not only that, he won a category that I still think was just one of the most stacked categories I've ever seen. Oh yeah, best. Because like all the usually there's like an even split between adapted and original, but now in this one it was all in original. Yep. So you just had all these amazing best picture nominees going up against each other, and like yeah, that was it. It was a real honor to win that category this year. Absolutely, absolutely. And Bill, look, you said it best. I mean, you know, when you sometimes I, mean, I do, yeah. When sometimes you, I do say it best. <laughs> when you when you predicted Get Out. Um, which was definitely, you know, bold call by you. But I, like I said, right before the envelope was read, I thought you were going to be right. Um, but look, you, you, oh, said I, you know, I actually, you know, I'll, I'll, t- I'll walk it back. I, okay. I did not think Get Out was going to take it. I felt like once Jordan Peele won, I was like, hmm, Get Out has a shot, but I really think it was coming down to um, three billboards or Shape of Water. Nah, three. I mean, oh, look, oh. I picked three billboards, but I mean, it just, for it for that movie not to win screenplay and not to have a director in the best director race like that would have been a tough road to overcome for three billboards when it didn't awesome. win best original screenplay i mean i i knew you know i i knew the writing on the wall there i was i was actually with bill on this one where like my thinking when i was making my ballot was okay so get out is not going to win best picture but they will honor it by giving Jordan Peele best screenplay. Mm-hmm. And so once he won best screenplay, I was feeling very confident about my pick. I was like, all right, it's not going to be get out. It's just three billboards in shape of water. And I'm, and I was feeling pretty confident about shape of water, which of course turned out to be right. Because as stated, I am the grand progress prognosticator. And I guess Brian procrastinator too. If you well, said, so, this one, well, that's a, that is also true. Maybe a Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it it would have been it would have been real interesting if three billboards had one screenplay and obviously Del Toro winning director, what it was going to come down to for best picture. That would have been interesting. I do want to go back to director for a second. And obviously, yes. Well, why don't I, we I'm, just go? Why don't we just go to director? All right, let's go, we'll to go director, back to director because I because look, yes, I'm still in. Morning. Oh, by the way, big surprise. Our, yeah. Uh, Lord Diggins was correct. Oh, on Del Toro. I mean, well, yeah, look, I and yes, I freely admit that the Nolan pick was obviously very emotional and I was thinking with my heart, but I do, I mean, I know no one's going to believe this, but I really, really did think he had a legitimate chance to win this. I really did. And look, I think it speaks to the fact that look at all the, you know, look at the technical awards that Dunkirk won. It won editing, um, which is to me a big sign that Nolan had a chance, but Obviously, that wasn't the case. You know, I would have, with these things, you would love to know how close it was. Maybe it wasn't at all. Um, who knows? Maybe no one wasn't even second. I mean, maybe it was. Do they, do they ever, do they ever no, release those numbers? They, they never do. And man, oh, I would have, I would have loved to have known how close Get Out was. Was it third? Was it second? You know, yeah, that would be. I don't know why they don't do it. Maybe it's because they don't want to make a movie feel bad because if I don't, I don't yeah. know, but like, it, it, yeah, but that would be interesting. People have always kind of wondered on that for years. So well, Chris, well, what you, was, was Del Toro your pick um, all the way uh, for director or did you have someone else who you thought deserved it more than him? Uh, director was a hard one in terms of I agree. Uh, who I Is felt it, was deserving. So many great like, candidates. I, I felt I felt a hundred percent about Del Toro for winning it, but when it comes to who deserved it, like oh, I don't even know if I can say. Um, uh, despite um, my lording, I do I love Christopher Nolan as a director. Oh he's yeah, made some, hell yes, he's made some fantastic movies. I I'm not a hundred percent sure that Dunkirk would be the movie I would pick him to win Best Director for. That being said, Dunkirk is absolutely something that is clearly the product of a creative vision in a oh, way that absolutely. I think does make him a real contender in this category. But look, Bill and I talked about it and it, it came down to, I think the, the actors, it's just no, no acting nominations for Dunkirk. And look, that is, you know, that that's important for, for directing. I mean, look, you know, shape of water had three actors nominated. Um, yeah, and shape of water also had, it also had the big pieces. It had the, yeah, it yeah. had the, uh, the the dream sequence, which was huge. You have a guy you're directing in prosthetics. Um, you are directing an actress who's predominantly using sign language, um, and, and he he got great performances out of like the rest of the cast. As I, I've talked about, I always thought that Michael Shannon definitely should have been a little more in consideration for best supporting actor. Uh, Michael Stuhlbarg was very good. Obviously, yep, Octavia Spencer. So they had a lot of acting nominations. And, and like Chris was saying, like Del Toro always craps a world for his films. And there definitely was a world crafted here. And that's why, you know, Dan, we were saying, and, and that Chris doesn't listen to podcasts, so, you know, I got to fill him in. A lot of moving parts in Shape of Water as compared to the other films. But uh, it, it was a real pick em. Now, the one movie, kind of going off off topic a little bit one thing we talked about dan and i talked about down the the prediction podcast like there's some movies that would could have just been flat left with no oscars um we both picked the post as one of them yep but late lady bird walks out with 
nothing. But that was expected. You just, I mean, when you really, was it expected? When you, yes, when you really break it down, look at all the categories it was nominated for. Ronan wasn't going to beat Francis McDormand. You know, Best Original Screenplay absolutely had a chance, but that was a tough road to overcome. I mean, Best Picture, I mean, look, like, like we talked about, just coming of age stories. I mean, that is, it, it just, those movies just don't win best picture, you know, same thing with, you know, you can kind of combine that with the direction. I mean, look, it's just Lady Bird, great film. Um, you know, it was great to see it honored there in so many big awards, but it just, when you, when you really break down each category, it was nominated for, there was always something there that was just a little bit better in my opinion. Chris, your thoughts. I, I, I actually, to tie this back into what we were just talking about as well, now that I think about it, I think early on I was kind of this wild idea in my head where it was like, because I really loved Get Out and Lady Bird. I was like, okay, maybe Jordan Peele will win original screenplay and then and then everything else can be free to go to, you know, what was more obviously front runners. But um, yeah, I, I absolutely loved Lady Bird. Um, I think that was a fantastic movie and I'm, I don't, I don't know how popular an opinion this is, but I really think Laurie Metcalf should have been one supporting actress over Alice and Janney. They she were both, both would yeah, have been great there. picks. I mean, look, and even it's, you know what, you know, what's interesting about that is that when they showed Ronan's clip for best actress, the, the the one who got more of a reaction was Laurie Metcalf in that scene in the clip that they're showing for Ronan. I I really go back and forth on that. It goes back to I also said, love how you yeah, also shy away from saying Shersha Ronan's first name. You would always just call her Ronan like she's a De Niro movie from like two thousand four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you picked up on that. Okay, uh, but look, it was it goes back to it's, what we said. The Saoirse. prediction. Oh, oh it's Saoirse Saoirse Ronan. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, <laughs> just, just I, so you're comfortable. I'm just, yeah, but I'm just gonna. I think just I'm just not. gonna stick. I'm just. I think I'm just gonna stick with saying Ronan, uh, which sounds cooler anyway. Ronan. But look, I, Allison Janney. When we talked about it for Best Supporting Actress, like it just goes back to the memorable, memorable factor. She is just clearly. She is just the most memorable performance in in that movie out of all. I think the five uh, candidates here. And like I know it's I know it's a cliche to say this, but she really does transform into the role. Um, it's that's a tough one to pick, but I I, I, I slightly agree with the Academy on this call. And well, I'm just, just I'm just happy to see I Tonya got something because I really really do like that movie a lot. Well, we, I, we oh, go for, go ahead, Lord. Oh, sorry. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> um, this is not an original insight of mine. It's something I heard once, but um. For a lot of Oscar categories, you can replace best with most, and that will tell you who will win. And like, wow, I never heard that before. Yeah, it, it really starts to pop out at you once once you hear it, and like you can look because you know, like say with film editing, like things that have the flashiest editing are things that tend to win, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad editing. Obviously, no, no. I mean like Dunkirk won this year, right? And Dunkirk yeah, had some back to fantastic back editing. One, yep, yeah. Had some fantastic editing, but also it had some very obvious like editing, cutting between all these time periods, cutting, uh, 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 doing all these big battles and like you know, thing crazy things happening all around the characters. So the editing and that is very obvious. Whereas 
but I'm getting off track. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I think, no, that's I interesting because I this is why. Yeah, no, this is why I think honestly, Lady Bird should have been nominated for best editing because that is it's not a movie that you would think about typically for best edited film, but it is so crisp and it's just oh, such absolutely. an efficiently like, well made movie that the, I, I do think that's something that that yeah, oh, I, yeah. I mean, I definitely would have put it in there. It is, but they did pick five really good choices oh, yeah. in that one. I mean, I. Yeah. I uh, it's tough to argue. I know I, Tanya is kind of the oddball one in there, but that's, I mean, that's a extremely well put together movie. Yeah. Well, but my, my, my point there was just that, um, while I do think Laurie Metcalf was the better choice. Um, I do think Alison Jack, Tanya, by the way, I'm not disparaging her at all. It's just that when it comes down to it, Alison Janney was doing more, you know, big in quotes, acting, it was a more uh, outlandish bigger, performance where bigger, Rory Metcalf was more character. grounded. Yeah. I, I I got you. No, definitely. And definitely. so and so like that's why I was looking at that category and I was like, no, it's definitely Allison Janney because of that rule. So we 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 hit best supporting actress now, Chris. Let's get into or Lord. We, let's get into um, where you actually were wrong on your prediction, and that's best supporting actor chalk. The chalk was Sam Rockwell. He's going to take it. He's going to take it. He's going to take it. Uh, he won all the awards. You went with your heart and went with Willem Dafoe. What was your thought process behind Willem Dafoe? Besides the fact he's Willem Dafoe and he's awesome, you know, which is. <laughs> so now here's, here's the thing this wasn't 100% a crazy pick, I will oh, argue. No, no. He was number two. Will, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Will, Willem Dafoe, if anyone was going to be the upset, it was him. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, and I was. <laughs> very deliberately going against my rule here because Willem Dafoe is also a very in Florida project is a very like subtle grounded performance as compared to Sam Rockwell as Mm -hmm. this gigantic character. Absolutely. Um, For me, a lot of it came down to, I I'm one of those people that doesn't really care for three billboards because I really don't don't like, I really don't like what it does with Sam Rockwell's character. And which that is, is nothing. A huge point. That is yeah, a huge I mean, point. Yeah. A lot right. of people yep. say. Yeah, which is nothing against Sam Rockwell as an actor. I mean, he didn't write the movie, and he does an amazing job of like bringing that character to the screen. Uh, but just, just something about that made me hesitate. Like, <sighs> I really don't want to put Sam Rockwell for this. So I let that be my one hard choice of let me go for this. Let me go for the upset. Let me go for Willem Dafoe, who I think absolutely killed it in Florida Project. Totally, I wish Florida Project was up for more stuff other than just supporting actor because that mm. was one of the one of the better movies of last year. I think. I, I know there's I know there's a big group of supporters for that for people who love the Florida Project. It's not for me, but I do. I will say the best part of that movie is Willem Dafoe. Um, and you're right. It's it is the more understated performance where Sam Rockwell is the more showy performance. But I think look, you are obviously you're not the first person to say that about Three Billboards, and quite honestly. Maybe it was a reason that it didn't win picture or screenplay. You know that 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 aspect of the film could have turned people off. But I think that is, look, uh, that but is I think actually we, the exact thing. Marissa, who you you know uh, were in contention with to win this uh, title, uh, she had the exact same reaction. Great performance, but the way that character goes is problematic for a ton of people. Yeah, but I think when the Academy looked at just the pure performance, though, it was going to be tough to deny what Rockwell did. It's still, it's still not his Ninja Turtles role, but you know. I mean, let's. Be, I mean, well, come on. <laughs> what is uh, Easton Land? 
What what is listen, what is? Listen, I had I had like one more one more like opportunity to make that joke, and I had to take it. Um, so let's let's briefly go through best actress, which was, gosh, that was as much of a lock as uh, you could get. I mean, uh, I said this before. It's like, hey, man. Like any other year, Sally Hawkins, Shersha Ronan, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and a, a few other, and and, uh, and Margot Robbie could have won it, but they had to go up against, they had to go against the heavyweight champ and Frances McDormand. Um, there was no, in my mind, there was no shot she was losing. No, that. and even the clip that they showed was that was a great that was clip. Awesome. To show. I mean, look, it's you know what, and kind of what we were talking about with best screenplay, like very impressive that Jordan Peele won that because it was such a stacked category. I mean, same thing here. I, Francis McDormand, not only was this a ridiculously stacked category, but I feel like if the votes were revealed to us, like, I, I feel like Francis McDormand probably crushed the competition here. It's just, look, it's just one of those performances where you just throw up your hands and you say, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. She was amazing. Uh, Lord. I have extremely little to say about this category because I took a look at it and was like, oh, Francis McDormand. And then I just moved on immediately. Actually, I, I want to ask Chris about this, though, because you now, as you said, you're not a big fan of three billboards. But this would you would agree that McDormand was, you know, because that because I feel like the, the three billboard haters, they'll even admit that, like, oh, we won't deny Francis McDormand gave an Oscar worthy performance here. So curious on your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I. Like there, there are a fair few things I don't care for about that movie, but I, I have nothing bad to say about any of the acting. Pretty much, like Frances McDormand was, uh, was incredible. Uh, Sam Rockwell did a Woody Harrel. Like, yep. Uh, as much as I don't care for that movie, like, yeah, you're right. There's absolutely nothing I can say against them. Uh, I cannot be upset that Frances McDormand won. Regardless, because I I can look at that performance and be like, yeah, you know what? I get it. I, I absolutely I get it. And who knew that the uh, phrase inclusion writer would be trending after her speech? <laughs> I, that, that was that was in, in that. I mean, that speech was great. That was crazy, like crazy. Yeah, good. I, mean, I mean, that was just incredible what she did. <laughs> she could do whatever she wants, man. No one was stopping her. I wasn't. I was like riding that wave, like this is either a really good speech or a really bad one, but I I think she I think she rode that wave just right. Uh, like uh, like Johnny's on um, Point Break. Hey, you got to get one reference in. Um, Lita, <laughs> best actor. Um, this one I I totally was like I wanted you to be right, Bill. I I really did. I really did. I was like, I, to do high, I was trying to do like high calculus on this, and every it's like every award went to Gary Oldman. I'm like, well, uh, it's Daniel Day Lewis's last role, so he should oh. win. But if not, then Timothy oh. Chalamet is going to come in and sneak it out. And like, I'm like, I should have been like. Freaking Gary Oldman's gonna win. Not- yeah, I mean, look, uh, he—he, he, I mean, this was—I mean, this was written. This was written on the Oscar statue a while ago. I mean, he was gonna win for this movie, and that's just—I—it's not know. his best performance. I mean, obviously, the fifth okay. element, obviously, you wouldn't want to go. Yeah, but that's a joke. But professional, I still think is his one of his best performances of all time. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, I didn't even see this freaking movie, but I'm just saying the professional <laughs> fifth element. Come on now, Zor. Uh, I come on, it's great. I, I think this is like the the one where that Maxim I said earlier applies the most. It's like 
Gary Oldman slapped a bunch of makeup on and shouted a bunch of speeches. That's some real acting right no, there. No, I mean, look, I, I've heard, I've heard that too. Like that, hey, the makeup uh, was I, a big, the makeup was a big reason why he got it. But I look, I, I think the man delivered. Now, having said that, I would not have picked him here. Like I'm, look, worthy of a win, no problem with it. But I, I would have had Daniel Day Lewis for this one. What he does, it's a tricky performance in Phantom Thread. And look, the guy, Daniel Day Lewis, is just flat out the best actor who possibly ever lived. So, but look, I, I think it's, I do think it's unfair to say like, ah, oh, they just, you know, it's just makeup and they threw him a bunch of speeches. Like, I think the man delivered. Uh, I want, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to say that there was nothing behind his performance. No, I, 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 Gary Oldman is a good actor. It's just that it wasn't an awards juggernaut has the Oscar locked up performance. And because it had those elements that are kind of catnip for Oscar voters, I think that's what made it that. Oh, that from is a, a good lo- performance. That's a lovely that. phrase. <laughs> um, for Oscars. I'm stealing I'll, that shit. Also, it did, it did have that me. perception of kind of like the awards <laughs> yeah. juggernaut. I think so leading into it. Who would you have gone with? So obviously Dan would have gone with Deontay Lewis. Would yep. you like if if it was in your in your realm? Um, who would you have uh, awarded that to of the nominees? Well, to uh, once again build suspense a little bit. I just want to say one quick thing. We can all agree Daniel Day-Lewis is obviously going to do another movie, right? Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. I feel like it could be in 20 years. I, yeah. I, told, I, t- I said that in our predictions podcast. Like, this is, it's not his last role. He, we will yeah. see Daniel Day-Lewis again. I, I never, ever trust a creative like person when they say they're going to retire. I'm like, no, you're not. But if this I've was seen, the one I've he walked off on. No, that's never, that's always <laughs> bullshit. But if this was the one he uh, walked off on, like Bravo! Uh, Dave oh, Lewis. absolutely, yeah, yeah. But um, in my perfect world, I think I would actually give it to Daniel Kaluuya. Okay, uh, just because Doctor Who if, alumni, Daniel Kaluuya. I just learned that today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Black Panther alumnus as well. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, it's just that's another one where watching it a second time really let me appreciate how much goes into his performance because the entire time he is like the character is like performing this kind of veneer of like trying to hold it together while at the same time, like he's letting through enough that you can tell how uncomfortable he is. And it's just this really incredible layered performance. And so much of it is just in like little things that he does. So much of it is just, like you really have to be paying attention, but he's he is carrying that movie because if you're not getting this sense of discomfort from him, this sense of like something being so wrong from him, then that movie doesn't work at all. Nope. And nope. Like, uh, so just manages to do just to walk this incredibly fine line between because he can't be overdoing it, but he has to be letting through enough. And I think it was just such a tricky job and he pulls it off so well. I, I would have to recognize him with the award if I was the sole Oscar voter. Well, I, I was saying this to Dan. I actually, before our podcast, I watched Dunkirk and Get Out in the same night to like three in the morning. So it was a really intense night it's for quite me. quite a night of movie watching. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, wow. Yeah. That, so you slept after that? Not well. Um, <laughs> and, and the one scene, I don't, we don't like to give away too many spoils on podcasts, but like the one scene where he's um, talking to Allison Williams and he's asking for keys and just the way he turns from that like just kind of laid back guy and he starts to almost roar at one point it's just like an amazing scene to watch um 
And uh, I think we also need to give up to Lakeith Stanfield, who was awesome when they brought him out. Yeah, that was that was actually one of my favorite jokes of the night. That was great. I wish they followed through. Well, that would have been fun. He followed through in a sense of remember how he yells that that he gets all confused and doesn't know what to do. It's exactly what he did in the background. And if you watch past Kimmel, that's exactly what he's doing. Like he's doing exactly what his character did in the movie. You know what? It's he's like confused and bewildered, and I'm like, that is that's perfect. It's like on paper, like that could have been funny if they actually did fall through with it. But at the same time, like uh, then you're kind of taken away from the people who are winning oh, yeah, awards. No. But I, no, that I, was I that, that was a, that, that was a good gag. Appeal. <laughs> True. That's that's no, that's know, not I, bad. <laughs> I completely understand why they didn't follow through. I just want to have seen it. Um. Can we, uh, you know, it's, uh, Chris, there is a tradition we have on here. We, we always bemoan Roger Deacon's not winning. Not part. this year. Uh, as, well, as, yeah, what are we going to do now? It, it is <laughs> well, kind of like the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Like, now that mystique is gone. Like, what are we going to talk about next year? But, man, that was that was one of my favorite moments of the whole night. And it's just, his speech, it was just like, um, I you know I think Bill, you might have said it online, but like just humble as can be, and he was just like, he, he simply was just like, hey, really thankful for this, you know, it's great, you know, really appreciate my career, and then he just walked off. And um, what what a movie for him to win on his first Oscar as well, man. I love Blade Runner, and I was so thrilled to see that film walk away with two awards. Awesome Chris, stuff. Um, what, what's your thoughts on Blade Runner if you saw it? Oh, I, I did see Blade Runner, in fact. I, I actually had never seen the original Blade Runner until last year, actually. Um, okay. But uh, I also loved Blade Runner 2049. Yay! It was, it it's was, a clean uh, sweep of Blade Runner lovers. Oh, here. come on. Who's going who's gonna to dislike Blade Runner 2049? Oh, plenty of people. They're out oh, there. Please. They're out there. Ah. I, I, it's not like I, I, I think it does have some issues, but it's, one of, it's that kind of movie where... The issues it has are not like things that make it boring or bad to watch, but just things that like really get you thinking about movies in a way that you don't normally because it's just hmm. it's hard to say without too much spoilers. But it's just like anytime I talk to someone who was like less into Blade Runner 2049, it wasn't just like, oh, you know, I thought it was boring or, oh, I thought it was too long. It was like really digging into what it was going for, what it was saying in a way that like most movies don't make you do. And I feel like that's something I really liked about it was that even if you don't like it, it's still making you think about all these, about its themes, about what it's trying to say, you know, in a way that a lot of things don't. (laughs) And I, Really appreciated that about it. I also really appreciated I was watching the Oscars with a bunch of friends who are not huge movie nerds like we are. And so to me, it was kind of funny, the contrast of like, we see Roger Deakins win and it's like going nuts. Like, Roger Deakins, yes, finally. Yeah. And they're all just like, oh, another old guy's won a technical award. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. And I'm convinced, like, I am convinced that if Blade Runner did really well financially and if it just resonated more with the mainstream audience, 
I really think it had a chance to be a contender for major awards, much like Mad Max Fury Road was a couple years ago. But just sadly, that just wasn't the case. I will never like my the day Mad Max Fury Road was nominated. I transcended, and it's every day from here on after that is a bonus. When when you said that, like I, you know what I went to? I went to that really crappy Johnny Depp movie, Transcendence, and I was like, (laughs) you put yourself into a computer, and you're like trying to people i'm like oh wait no he's talking about it's happy and he's not just a terrible person. i did not think transcendence would be a movie we'd be talking about tonight but <laughs> there you go Ugh. dan i always bring Ugh. out some random movie to keep you on your toes um so uh, wrapping this up we we hit all the major awards uh you know what do we think it's just like what's overall as an oscar telecast as a, with the awards going through uh it seems like there was a lot of layups but what did you guys think about it like was this boring was it awesome where would you stand on it for 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 an oh, award Dan, show i think we should let the royalty go first oh i was gonna i was gonna let the royalty go last but oh yeah go ahead lord diggins <laughs> all, all you uh, all you my you, man he's, he's got work in the morning well, i mean we all do but uh, wow <laughs> um i think there were a lot of locks uh tonight like especially having best actor and best actress be so obvious was kind of it kind of made the ending a little flat like best picture was still like the most competitive best picture has been in in a long long time oh yeah did on that high note but then the lead up to that was just like all right yeah let's yeah we know who's gonna win these let's just get through it um and honestly, I, I agree with everything you guys were saying about the actual, like, you know, production of it, where it's just like, all right, it's it's not, like, horrible. I'm not, like, bo- upset, but it's it's just kind of nothing. Like, yeah, the I felt, ceremony. Yeah, I felt this, like it was, like, they, they went through a lot of, they had to get through a lot of, uh, they went through a lot of, they, had, they felt like they were ripping through awards then they're like, okay, we. And I guess talking to the problematic stuff you're talking to, it felt like, okay, we have to address this major issue. We have to address this major issue, and now we have to address this major issue. And this is how we're going to do it. And we don't know how to act in some respects, so we're just going to try and get through it. Yeah, but um, but there were still a lot of things that you know coming through. Huge moment. Roger Deakins finally winning. Um, that that best picture race, like genuinely having being really uncertain about what's going to come out, like not just between two movies, but between so many of them. Yeah, five or six. Uh, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think there were a lot of like really strong moments in this, even if it was kind of there were a lot of it was like really high highs sandwiched between a lot of like, really middling portions. Which, uh, you know, to your taste, how that how that comes out for you. Yeah, I, I would agree that the ceremony at times was clunky. Um, you know, I, I think they made up for it a little bit with some of the clips and the montages they put together, which were strengths of the ceremony. Um, I got to say, though, for for this year, this year's Oscars was interesting while watching it because for a night that really didn't offer any upsets... I was still riveted till the very end. And it really goes back to what Lord Diggins was saying earlier about this being one of the most competitive best picture races we've had in a long time. Um, and even like, that's why at the very end, like, I was, 
I felt I felt that intensity because I really didn't know what was going to happen. Even though, you know, three billboards like didn't win screenplay, no director, I still thought it had a chance. Um, Get Out winning best screenplay, definitely thought that was a contender. Obviously, Shape of Water after Del Toro won directing. I mean, those were probably pretty much it when as the night was winding down, there was really only three left. Um, you know, we talked about Lady Bird, Dunkirk, maybe, but I-, I think no one really needed to win director for Dunkirk to have a chance. Although, you know, did win some good technical awards. And so it was just weird for, for a night that did have a lot of locks, especially in the acting categories. I was still, I was still on the edge of my seat till the very end. Uh, I was actually listening back to our last year, last year's uh, review podcast. And that was all a one moment. Yeah, uh, that Oscar was the mix-up because outside of that, it, we even said it was a very predictable Oscars. Well, except and, for the for, except for the movie that actually did win, which was a good upset. Well, that, that's what I mean. It was a one moment. And I got so, you. It, so you know, it, I think for film fans, this was a really really great year to watch the Oscars because there was there was actual intrigue and there was. You know, you could actually get into it. You could, you, there was a lot of ways you could think around it, and I think that was pretty cool. Uh, as as a show for itself, if you're just watching as a casual viewer, uh, there wasn't much for you. Um, I felt some of the bits were rehearsed, even the part where they're they're talking to the fans and stuff. I feel like they've done that a few times already. Yeah. Um, so they, they've done it like every year since Ellen did that pizza thing, which yeah. I hated. <laughs> Yeah, that <laughs> and, was, but even, even yeah, and not, even then, like you know, original at the time. But that's they, that's exactly what I thought when they did it again. Like really, like we we kind of just saw this a couple years ago, and you're taking up a lot of time here. Yeah, but like I said, like Dan said, the montages were great, and if you were really into movies, and this was a good year to be into movies. I think, like I, uh, this is the first year I've seen more than one or zero best picture nominees. Uh, so it, it was it was a really good year for the movies, and so. Uh, the payoff was there, so I was I was stoked to have it. Now uh, we're going to be wrapping up now. So, uh, Lord Diggins, prognosticator of Oscars uh, mm-hmm. for the pop break for the next three hundred sixty-five days. Where could uh, people follow you online if you would like them to uh, congratulate you on your new title? Well, they can uh, find me on Twitter at this is an odd name, uh, and they can find my reviews at thepopbreak.com, of course. Uh, which, man. yes, uh, you know, every once in a while I churn something out. Uh, as has said, I'm also the grand procrastinator, but it's been known to happen. Well, uh, he has a great review. If you're a TV fan looking for something to stream, he has a great review of Altered Carbon Up. And if you're looking for something to avoid to stream, he has a great review of Mute Up. I wanted to see that, but I hear it's a stinker and not just I, from you. I, uh, I really wanted Mute to be good, uh, which is why I signed up to do it. But I watched it and I was like, man, it's, it's just it's something. Not. Again, it's another something. movie I didn't think we would be talking about tonight, but there you go. Hey, and Dan, where can people just yell at you to be like, hey, you didn't win? Yeah, yep, yep. You can absolutely, you know, give me, you know, let, let me hear it about Nolan. Uh, that is at D. Cohen Writer. And again, please follow me at D. Cohen Writer. Uh, tweet um, all the articles about Rob Gronkowski leaving the Patriots to go to WWE. Come on, why do you have to pa- pile on like this? Haven't I had haven't I had a rough night? You know, you know, you know. Patriots didn't win. Nolan didn't win. Uh, just can you just leave me in peace, please? 
I'll have you next year's WrestleMania in New Jersey. You can uh, <sighs> you could crash at my house. Um, <laughs> if you, for some reason, want to just follow me on Twitter, I'm at Bodkin Rice. But, of course, the most important thing I want you to do is to check out thepopbreak.com. Follow us on Twitter at popbreak.com, all spelled out. We are forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out. On Facebook, we are youtube.com backslash user backslash uh, popbreak.com on uh, YouTube, uh, if you couldn't figure that out. And we're at the Pop Break on Instagram, where we just posted some cool pictures from covering Ring of Honor Wrestling, and we'll be posting some stuff from the Phil Lash Bob Weir show at Radio City Music Hall. Uh, of course, uh, we are on the Pop Break uh, on SoundCloud and on iTunes, so please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. We yes. want people to listen to this podcast. So for... Uh, Dan Cohen, our illustrious film editor, who will be putting his last Oscar piece together after this podcast. The grand finale. And for our lord and grand prognosticator of all things Oscar for the next year, Mr. Chris Diggins. My name is Bill Bodkin. Thank you for checking out The Breakcast.